This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings again, everybody. Let's get right into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles... We're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. Now when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food that was on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are those your, these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity, and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. Father, open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. I want to talk for the next few minutes on the subject, Black is Beautiful, Black History Month, Revealing the beauty of black women in the Old Testament. Black is beautiful. Black History Month. Revealing the beauty of black women in the Old Testament. Men and women, I don't know if you're aware, but I think that there is a sin in the black community that we don't talk about much that we need to address. And that sin is the sin of colorism. The sin of colorism. Merriam-Webster defines colorism as prejudice or discrimination, especially within a racial or ethnic group, favoring people with lighter skin over those of darker skin. I believe Merriam-Webster defines it accurately, but they come up a little bit short. I think that there is a discrimination 
against those uh, of darker skin and in favor of those with labor, uh, uh, lighter skin. And it goes deeper than skin. It goes with features and it goes with, with, with how God has made an individual. And it is sin. It's a sin inside of our community and it is a sin outside of our community as well. I was reading this week an article out of the Indiana University newspaper and it had to do with black voices. And they interviewed uh, students on campus about whether or not they dealt with colorism in their own lives. And there were several students that gave their responses, but I was struck by a female student a female student who gave her her answers to uh, various questions about colorism. And this is what she said. The first question for her, and she was a sophomore student, uh, a theater and drama major, and, and the question for her first was, have you ever had an experience with colorism? And if so, tell me about it. This student says, yes, I grew up in a mostly black neighborhood. I had girls jump me growing up because I was too light. I was told I didn't belong because of my skin and because it wasn't dark enough. I was picked on a lot because I was very light. Men and women, light-skinned people can experience this as well inside the black community. The next question she was asked was, do you think colorism affects all skin tones? Why or why not? Do you think it affects uh, both light skin and black skin, darker skin people equally? She responds by saying, yes, because I have a darker skin cousin who was told that she wasn't beautiful enough because she was too dark. But then there is me who is light skin and I was being beat up for being too light. The next question was, how does colorism affect us in the black community? This student says, it affects the black community because the world is already hurting and discriminating against us as is. It doesn't help that we are putting each other against one another as well because we are too light and too dark. Instead of fighting the fight against systemic racism in America together, we're fighting each other. The last question was, how do you think we can begin to heal and eradicate colorism? To end the stereotype that one is lighter is prettier or one is more black is, is more significant, etc. We need to stop that and then she says, we together need to accept one another. Men and women, the, the rest of my message is talking about the beauty of darker skinned people. I know that there's discrimination on both sides. I know that there's colorism on both sides. But the same way that children were exposed to the doll test, I think that there is a propensity toward saying that the lighter skinned doll is prettier and the lighter skinned doll is nicer and the lighter skinned doll is good. While on the other hand, children who looked at the same dolls, the only difference was skin tone, would say that the darker skinned doll is uglier, uglier, that the darker, darker skinned doll is bad and that the darker skinned doll is mean. 
And we need to get over that. We need to have a black apologetic that says that darker skinned people are represented in the Bible. And today I want to start with our women. I want to start with how beautiful they are inside and outside. I want to talk about how significant they are. I want to talk about how our black women have fought through hardship through the ages. And that is in our DNA. That is in the, the DNA of darker skinned black women, uh, Afri women of African descent, that they are beautiful. And that needs to be echoed through our cities and through our homes and through our churches and through our schools. And our darker skinned children, our women, our girls should never feel like second class citizens. And so I want to look at these four women and end up with the Queen of Sheba. The first woman is found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 41 verse 45 and Genesis 41, verses 50 through 52, and I'll paraphrase. In 50, in chapter 41, 45, it says, And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, and he gave him as a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. What you will see is this is an Egyptian woman named Asenath. And in chapter 41, verses 50 through 52, and I'm just going to paraphrase, Joseph had two sons from Asenath. One of his sons was named Manasseh, and the other of his sons was named Ephraim. Manasseh and Ephraim. What you'll discover if you move forward in Genesis chapter 48 is that Jacob, the father of Joseph, Jacob, the father of Joseph, Jacob, who is in the lineage of Jesus, Jacob, who is the father of the children of Israel, decides to bless Manasseh and Ephraim. He does not bless Joseph. And what he is saying is, Joseph, I am blessing your generation. I am blessing your offspring. I am blessing my grandchildren. So your blessing is going to be a double blessing because it's going to be a blessing of both of your sons. And what I'm saying is that the significance of Asenath is that her sons who are half Egyptian received a double blessing, who are half African received a double blessing, who are darker because she is African received a double blessing. And we know that you are considered darker, you are considered black if you have an ounce of African blood. And as far as my map shows, Egypt is still in Africa. The significance of Asenath is that her sons received a double blessing. Men and women, we need to see black women as significant. Their beauty becomes comes from their significant significance. Not just because they have children, but because they're significant. Because they're women. And God places a high value on them. That God says that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. This Egyptian woman is important to know that she is significant. And not only that, there's an Egyptian woman who is found in Exodus chapter 2 and Numbers chapter 12. The significance and the beauty continues. And this woman's name is Zipporah, the wife of Moses. It says in Exodus chapter 2 verse 21, Then Moses was content to live with the man who was Zipporah's 
father to live with the man. He was a priest in Midian. He was a shepherd, I'm sorry, in Midian. And it says, he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And it so it goes on to talk about this woman in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. This woman is Ethiopian. This woman is the wife of Moses. And one of the only things that we know about this woman is that she gave Moses sons, but there was some discontent about her ethnicity. The scripture in Numbers chapter 12 says that Moses' sister and his brother were upset because he was married to an Ethiopian woman. Now, what we see is that the bone of contention is that she is Ethiopian. I don't know if they had a bone of contention with her because they had some sort of disagreement or they saw things different, differently or they had different values or they carried themselves differently or she offended them or she disrespected them. I have no idea what it is. But what I'm telling you is that she had to endure hardship. She had to endure hardship because of her ethnicity. She had to endure hardship because of how she was made. She had to endure hardship. And the glory of darker-skinned women, the glory of African-American women, is that African-American women have endured hardship through the centuries in this country and yet have still overcome. Let me say that again. African American women have endured hardship throughout centuries in this country and yet have still overcome. Listen, Zipporah is an overcomer. Zipporah would not let the, the discontent of Moses' sister and brother stop her. And many women, it will not stop us. I praise God for strong women in my family. I praise God for strong women in my church. I praise God for strong women in my community. I praise God for the leadership of strong women. And not only in our families, but outside in the community as well. And many women, we need to recognize that. And we need to celebrate the fact that the beauty of, 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 of the women in our community is that they're overcomers. But not only that, I want to celebrate the Shulamite maiden, Solomon's wife, found in Song of Solomon, chapter 1. Song of Solomon, uh, uh, the Shulamite maiden, who is a lover of Solomon, who, who is a partner of Solomon, who Solomon... Uh, gives such praise and adoration over this woman's look and her appearance and her body. Notice what it says in verse 5. It says in Sol Song of Solomon chapter 1, I am dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Keter, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards. What she's saying is, I'm dark and lovely. Many commentators say that she's dark and lovely because she's tanned. 
I, I would beg to off, uh, to differ that the issue is not that she is tanned. The issue is that she finds beauty in her darkness. Let me say that again. The issue does not become like commentators would put the emphasis. Well, she's tanned because she worked out in the fields. No, she's tanned and she's dark because she was outdoors and the sun made her dark. That's not the issue about where her darkness came from. The issue is that she is dark and lovely. The issue is that she finds beauty in her darkness. The issue is that Solomon finds beauty in her darkness. Solomon finds her as a desirable woman. Solomon finds her, 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 her darkness as something to be celebrated. And men and women, our women need to know that their darkness is not something to be ashamed of. That their full lips and round hips are not something to hide and be embarrassed about. Every single feature that our women have, every single look, every hairstyle, everything that they do with their skin, all of those things, we can chalk that up to black beauty. I am dark and I am lovely. I'll never forget at my father's funeral. People were coming up saying nice things about him. And I'll never forget my cousin Alice coming up and she waxed eloquent about how special she thought her Uncle Sterling was. And she ended up by saying this, and I'll never forget it. She said, one of the great things about my Uncle Sterling is that when I was growing up, he always made me feel like a pretty little girl. And you do not understand, she went on to say, how important that was for me growing up. He always made me feel like a pretty little girl. And what I'm telling you is this. The entire book of the Song of Solomon is telling darker skinned women, women in general, but darker skinned women, God looks at you as a pretty little girl. He looks at you at the way He has made you. He looks at you the way He has made you through Psalm 139 where He says, You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Great are my works and your soul knows it very well. Men and women, we need to shout that message that not only are black women beautiful physically, but black women are significant. We acknowledge the hardship that they have gone through. But not only that, I want to end up by talking about the Queen of Sheba. I want to talk about the significance of the Queen of Sheba. I'm not going to read the entire passage because I read it at the very beginning. But you'll know that the Queen of Sheba, if you investigate, journeyed from Ethiopia to Canaan where, where uh, Solomon was in Jerusalem. She had heard about his greatness. She had heard about him being a king. She had heard about his wisdom. She had heard about his significance. She had heard about his power. She had heard about who he was. And she decided to make a journey. She decided to travel from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. She decided to, to say, what I will do is seek after him. The, 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 the issue becomes her journey. The issue becomes the wisdom that she had to seek him out. The issue becomes that she asked him all kinds of questions and he answered every single one. The issue becomes that the scripture says she shared with him everything that was on her heart. 
The issue becomes that after he answered every single question and after he answered and gave feedback and as he gave input into the questions that she had about her life and everything that was on her heart, she was so full that she said, I heard about your fame. I heard about your reputation. But it does not even do it justice with the way you have, have shared with me and what you have invested in my life. It doesn't even do it justice because now I have heard you. Now I have seen you for myself. And her response to his greatness is to give him gifts. She gave him gold. She gave him uh, spices and, and, and she gave him all kinds of, of, of good things. And it was in abundance. She gave in great measure. And men and women, I don't know if you see it. I don't know if you appreciate it. But the, the queen of Sheba's beauty, the queen of Sheba's beauty is depicted in her journey. The queen of Sheba's beauty is de depicted in her search for wisdom and her search for knowledge. The queen of Sheba's beauty is depicted in her character. The queen of Sheba's beauty is depicted in her humility to sit down at the feet of Solomon. The queen of Sheba's beauty is depicted in the fact that she recognized who Solomon was. The queen of Sheba's beauty was recognized in that she would give gifts to the one who is deposited in her life. She would give gifts to the one who has blessed her. She would give gifts to the one who has answered all of her questions. She would give gifts to the one who met her needs. I don't know if you see the gospel, but the gospel is all over this. And not only is the gospel all over this, but in Matthew chapter 12, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus gives the illustration of the queen of Sheba and he commends her. He gives her props. He uh, celebrates her. He lifts her up as an example of coming to him. So we find in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says, the queen of the south, or the queen of Sheba. We know from history, her name is Makeda. The queen of Sheba will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here right now. I don't know if you see it or not. But Solomon was there. The queen of Sheba came to visit him. 900 years later, a descendant of Solomon has come. And that descendant of Solomon is Jesus Christ. And what he is saying is that the queen of Sheba will rise up in judgment against this generation because she had enough sense to seek Solomon, who is a type of Christ. She had enough sense she had enough beauty. She had enough eloquence. She had enough uh, 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 faith. She had enough confidence. She had enough beauty to seek the type of Christ, Solomon, and this generation isn't seeking me. Men and women is such a beautiful, beautiful illustration. 
You need to go on your journey to seek Jesus today. You need to sit at His feet today. He's got answers to all of your questions. You need to sit at Jesus' feet and just learn about His wisdom for life. His wisdom for living. You need to sit at the feet of Jesus because everything that's on your heart, He has an answer for. You will discover that Jesus has great wisdom. That Jesus has great power. That Jesus has great wealth. Solomon is just a foreshadowing of Jesus. And once Jesus answers your questions, once Jesus solves your problems, once Jesus meets you where you are, your response is to give Him great gifts. No, you don't need to give Him gold. No, you don't need to give Him spices. No, He doesn't want your money. He wants you. Will you lay your life at the feet of Jesus? Will you recognize that the beauty of African American women, that the beauty of darker skinned women, that the beauty of women of African deceit in the Bible is an illustration for you to come to Jesus? That, that Jesus wants your life to be of significance like Asenath. That the, the, that Jesus wants your life to be a life of overcoming hardship like Zipporah. That Jesus wants your life to be a life that, that, uh, is, is, is like the Shulamite woman. A life of beauty. A life that he recognizes, recognizes that is beautiful because God makes all things beautiful. But the, the, the issue is you need to come to him just like the Queen of Sheba. Will you come to him today? It could be that you need him. You can pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Lord, I need you just like these women in the Bible needed you. Lord, I recognize that you want them to be an illustration for me. Help me, Father. Save me. Rescue me. Deliver me from myself. I I acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for me for my sins. I now receive him as both my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, won't you say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We have another week to celebrate Black History Month. I want you to use this message as a discussion tool. It could be that that, that there are some issues that have arisen that you need to talk about. We need to confess the sin of colorism and recognize that there is amazing grace in every race. Don't just recognize different ethnicities. Let's celebrate them. Because all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are